gear up as Cass Miller and his team of accomplished guests steer you on an enlightening voyage filled with valuable tips, fresh insights, and effective strategies. Welcome to Marketing Masters, the Agency Power Show. Hello, everyone. I'm Cash Miller, host of Marketing Masters, CEO of Titan Digital. Today, we're going to be talking brand equity, you know, how you build it, how it compares to the quality of products and stuff that you might have, you know, coming out. Brand equity really matters, and we see this all, all the time. Talked about for large brands and whatnot, but smaller brands, like if you're in business, you're going to be building some sort of brand equity of your own. I've got with me uh, Paul Parnell with my video snap. He is a video expert and you know, he spent a lot of time, you know, video with brands is like really important. You know, we see commercials all the time. We see videos on our social media feeds and everything. And a lot of it is helping you build brand equity. Paul, it's great to have you with us. Uh, tell us a bit about, you know, yourself yeah, totally. and what Thanks, you do. Thanks, Cash. Um, yeah. So Paul Parnell, I have a couple of different um, video marketing brands. So uh, my video snap is kind of like a um, almost like a fractional CMO. So we help with strategy, um, really helping people to figure out what to do with video. Like how do we incorporate that in our marketing? How do we make the most out of it? How do we build our brand equity and that sort of thing? And then I have Heat Vision Media, which is our full service video production company. So for brands that are more local or like ready to get into a bigger um, level package where they want, you know, that like high-end commercial, we come out with our, all of our gear, our DPs and make something that looks, you know, to kind of like the Netflix quality to propel brands into a new, uh, space basically. Yeah. I always love when we have a video expert on because it's, you know, video, you know, it's commercials and stuff like that. So, you know, when it comes to, different types of advertising. It's been one of the longest, you know, running things, you know, that we've seen. And so everybody's, you know, familiar. And of course it's evolved. Now we have streaming and now we have, you know, they say commercials that happen on websites and, you know, you've got social media videos. So there's so much that can be done with video, but over, you know, literally decades, it's been a constant driver of brand equity for people, you know, for those companies. I want you to start off, you know, so for the audience, to make sure everybody's on the same page, define brand equity for us. So what does it mean? Because a lot of times, like I say, we, we kind of know it as a, you know, like, okay, yeah, brand, you know, like kind of, it's a top level right. concept. Um, yeah, so totally. Brand equity is the way customers think and feel about a brand and their presence. Um, for instance, if I was to sell you a handbag, you, you'd be like, okay, I'll pay, you know, maybe 30 to $50 for that random handbag. Um, it looks nice. It looks like maybe it's made of leather. It's got, you know, it's good quality. And then if I sell you the same handbag, but I put Louis Vuitton on it and I stick a little gold emblem, suddenly you're going to pay now $1,700. So the difference between a product, mm -hmm. uh, like the market value of a product, and then the actual price you can sell it for, that's your brand equity. The, the higher, the more brand equity you have, the more premium product you have, because you've, you've built a tribe of people that are willing to pay to say, I'm in this club. Yeah, that's a, that's a good example that you give in. Brand equity works in a lot of different ways too, because, you know, take Walmart, they have great value, right? 
So if you buy great value, right. there's a ton of brand equity now in great value. But what it also has is it's right. cheap right. brand equity. You know, like they have a ton. If I see great value, what I'm I have an expectation that has been set. If I buy this particular product, I understand I'm not right. buying a premium brand. So I expect to not pay a premium brand price. So brand equity mm -hmm. comes in many forms. You know, like I said, it's not all just for upper end stuff saying, hey, you know, we're going to be really expensive. It can be you know lower end because you build a familiarity, but then the, like I say there's an expectation. Yeah, so that goes so through. sort of in this analogy, more you're thinking of brand equity and kind of trust. You're like you trust that Walmart has what you want, mm -hmm. but it doesn't yeah. necessarily mean it's good. Versus like when I think of brand equity, I think of it a little yeah. bit more like it's the value, the perceived value that people expect to get out of it. And so I wouldn't say mm -hmm. Walmart has high brand equity. I would say it has high brand awareness. So like everyone knows Walmart, yeah, there you go. like you're like, oh yeah, Walmart. But you don't think like when I'm going to go mm -hmm. buy something really great, you don't think I'm going to go to Walmart. Right. And so that's to me would be the equity yeah. side of it is like the value. Yeah. Well, that's, per that's perfect. Cause like right. I say, it's defining the difference, you know, between the, between the two. So people understand, you know, like, yeah, equity, I say it does help you with that, right. that rise in right. value. You know, but on the other end, yeah, right. they have great brand awareness and a certain yeah. expectation set, but there is a difference between awareness and the equity. Equity is about, you know, creating a, a right. higher perceived exactly. value for, you know, the product or the service. Yeah, they've certainly done an offering. amazing job at brand awareness. Like everybody in, in the America knows what Walmart mm -hmm. is, basically. Yeah, but, you know, I, I don't know, the, the toy brand that used to exist. Um, like or toy store yeah. brand FAO Schwartz. I do. I yeah, visited do remember a few that times company in and stuff. Yeah, they were. Yeah, and they had this like really great store that was like every toy you could ever imagine. But there was a certain right. there was a perception when you went in there, mm -hmm. it was an experience. It was you know you're right. not walking into Toys R Us, you know another you know brand that is not quite right. disappeared. But uh, you know it was a totally different thing you know that you're doing. And same thing with you know if you're in a high end jewelry store or you know, any number of places, you know, they say that you could go, you know, there's a certain amount of equity that goes with it. And, you know, like I say, it's a perception that develops if the brand yeah. is really, I think a really it. good point that you're making there is that brand equity can also be increased by customer experience. So FAO Swartz turned their store into mm. an experience. You're like, it has a like a merry not a merry-go-round yes. um ferris wheel inside and like this crazy like roller coaster and a giant mm -hmm. uh like nutcracker and like all this stuff and a piano you can walk on you're like wow when i go in here i'm yeah. like wow but then when you go yeah. to toys rest you're just like it's a store and so they they aren't trying to get yeah exactly experience. it's a bunch of toys on right boxes on shelves yeah, it was boxes on shelves and stuff like that. You know, what was it? F.A.O. Yep. Schwartz was in the movie Big, I think it was, mm -hmm. you know, and they're doing the piano thing and stuff. You know, and that's the thing. It was it, that experience. And that, that's really helps to de define, you know, what you have is kind of mass market. Like, say, Toys right. R Us had a lot of brand awareness, but they, it wasn't an experience when you went there. Right. It was still a big box yeah. store. Uh, also reminds me, like, you're talking about the jewelry store. Like, you've been to jewelry stores in the mall. And you're like, okay, they have jewelry. And then if you go to like a high-end jewelry place, yeah, like the level of service is just so far beyond. You're like, these aren't even 
the same thing anymore. You know, somebody's there. There's usually a, like mm -hmm. a person to meet you to kind of walk through the whole process with you. They're giving yeah. you like, would you like champagne? Do you want a, a mimosa? Like, you know, they they're like washing your hands off before you try on their rings. Yeah. Like it's it's a whole different experience. And and that's really pushes equity, like bringing yeah. equity up. Yeah, that's like say that we can come up with like examples, yep. you know, like left and right that are the difference, you know, the final one that comes to mind is like a men's warehouse, you go in there. Yeah, okay, they got some people that might be able to help you. I, I've been watching the show suits, yeah. like rewatching it and stuff. Um, and just, and you see the main one of the primary characters, um, my Mike, and he goes, the other one is like Harvey, the big, powerful lawyer. And he's like, you got to go get a good suit. You know, and he says, yeah. here, go see my guy, you know, and they go to the, you know, he goes to the store, he walks in, of course, everything is super expensive, but yeah, it's that, you know, immediately it's somebody coming out. Hey, let me get you a drink. Hey, let me get you like, you know, the, the service level is off the, you know, off the charts because it's like, say, it's meant to be a whole different experience. And so experience can be, yeah. you know, can relate to equity and same thing with, you know, the way products right. are done and. And whatnot. So there's a bunch of ways to go. You know, there's different ways to you know, yeah. be able to go about it. Um, let's talk. You know, so we're getting into this where you've got, you know, the equity is based on the experience, but it's also based on the you know quality yeah. of products and whatnot. And you know, how do the how do the quality of things interrelate to the equity you're building? Because you made a good example, right. like Louis Vuitton, but you're taking you know you could have two two basically the same bags. You know, and it, one has Louis Vuitton right. on it and one doesn't. So one is thousands of dollars and the other is not. So, you know, when brands are building up equity, the quality of the product, you know, how much does it matter? Like how, like, how are you helping yeah, stand I, out? Yeah, I think what's interesting about that is, so you have like your brand equity, like we were talking about where Louis Vuitton's brand equity is the difference between the market value of that product and what they can charge. And within that process, mm -hmm. you know, Louis Vuitton, yeah. I imagine, I, I don't, I'm not a, a handbag connoisseur, but I imagine that their level yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. of detail example. is probably, you know, far above a Walmart brand handbag. Um, you know, they're not trying to mass produce yeah. it. A lot of it will have like be handmade. It'll, you know, have handmade touches. It'll have extra accents and accessories and all these things, which continue to push that experience of getting a Louis yeah. Vuitton bag, uh, into a different bracket. So when you think of a Louis Vuitton bag versus a handbag, you don't think a Louis Vuitton as a handbag, right? It has pushed itself into a different bracket because of both the way that they, uh, they charge, but also the way that they handle the handbag itself. Like the handbag is an experience in itself, what you get, how you get it, how they give it mm -hmm. to you, you know, the process of being in a store with them, how, you know, all of these extra, extra things go into pushing that experience again into a different level. Yeah. You could think, um, high end right. sports cars come to mind, you know, you have like, you know, Corvettes can be very expensive, but they're also still more of a mass-produced model. Right. I mean, they don't produce a ton of them, but if you compare it, because like one of the things I've noticed, um, like if you look at the latest Corvettes, the designs have changed and they more emulate like Lamborghinis mm -hmm. and things like that. Yeah, you know? right. they have that more of that look, but they don't right. have that brand. It's still a Corvette, which is still yeah, you know, yeah, a glorified Chevy. Totally. <laughs> you know, like yeah, you know, in a sense, I'm sure 
I'm sure Corvette owners yeah. don't think of it that way, but so it's an expensive car, but it's, but you know, you do a Lamborghini and there are only, you know, you'll right. have a hundred maybe made of a single model. And so, yes, there's tons of hand, you know, crafting right. that goes into it. And so you have a whole different perception level when you're doing like say outwardly, they could have a lot of similarities, but you know, start getting into right. the, the finer details. Well, plus they've close. also helped themselves create a higher value by creating more uh, demand than actual availability, right? Yeah, exclusivity. You know, that's right. been you know developed too. They they right. they're doing the same this thing for with the Louis Vuittons. You know, but only so many, yeah. so much in production. They're like, there's 500 mm -hmm. of these bags or whatever. Yeah, so. The, yeah, that's exactly it. It's, you know, they think of things as being limited edition and such, you know, so they're not about mass production. That's another thing that's, you know, when I say equity related, you know, when you're going for this higher end, it's not right. that how many can we make? Yeah, you know, it's we we want a lesser number intentionally because we're going to put right. that much more work into them, but they're going to cost that much more. So, you know, we yeah. make it up on the sales side. Right. Yeah, what kind of experience of can we give our clients that helps them know that they're in a whole different like world? Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, you know, so now you get into the, you know, consumer perceptions, because now what we're doing is we're trying to shape their perception of right. the brand. You know, I say and and th this it takes time to be yeah. able to do that. You know, I say you know, to really build up that, you know, a trust factor with them and whatnot, you know, so consumer perceptions, you know, how do they shape that relationship between the quality of the product and the actual brand equity you're right. going to be able to develop? I think so. There's a couple of different words that I, that I think about. One is perceived value versus perceived quality versus actual quality, right? So you have the actual quality, like I made this wooden bench. It's made out of $10 of lumber mm -hmm. from the store. It has, you know, this many screws. These are the actual value. And then there's the labor costs that went into making that bench. Now, if it was a higher quality bench, maybe there, you know, it's been hand spun on like a lathe. Maybe somebody went in there and like mm -hmm. intricately carved different details. Like all of these things add into the value of the bench. And then also the labor costs, right? And so eventually, like if you have a really, really wonderful yeah. bench, you know, it's been, you know, laid and stained and details and all this stuff. And the, you know, maybe there's no bolts. And instead they created, you know, interlocking cuts, right? That all lock the pieces together. So it's like, you know, this is kind of in higher end furniture that they do. Like there's a value of that. It just, it costs that much. If you were to go to the manufacturer and you're like, I want this bench and they only charged you for the labor and the, the cost of, of uh, the materials, it would be a certain cost. That's the, the cost, yeah. right? And then the quality of that cost mm -hmm. is like, did you use good wood? Do you have good labor? And you're like, okay, yes, I have those things. So now it's at a quality, right? You're like, this is at the highest quality you can get for a bench. Yeah. But then what people perceive that value, if number one, you don't know anything about woodworking, you're like, oh, cool. There's some sculpt. There's some carvings on it, yeah. right? Like, I don't care if I pay extra for that. So it doesn't matter to me. So now I don't have a perceived value of the actual value. Yeah. And this is where a lot of uh, like positioning comes in, positioning and messaging and marketing is you have to help people that have no idea. They're not the experts on your bench 
or your service or like your car that you're yeah. trying to sell them. And so all they know is what they can see and their experience. And so what you want to try to do is bridge the gap between their experience and reality. <laughs> and you go, okay, this is what goes into making yeah. this bench. How do you do that? Well, in my business, I create a video, right? Like I create a video that shows in detail how they made this bench, how many stains, how did they pick the wood? Why is the wood special? Like what, what's special about the stain? How is it special that they apply the stain? How is it special that they carve it? Why are these carvings yeah. in particular? Like, oh, they're 17th centuries. We only use handmade tools. Like, you know, these different things that increase the value. And now you're letting your customer know about that value. And so by the end of that, they go, wow, a lot goes into this bench. It's not just a bench anymore, right? Again, we've given them the experience mm -hmm. of understanding that this isn't a bench. This is a statement piece that tells the world if they know anything about benches yeah. that you have good taste in benches, right? And so that is the equity <laughs> yeah. of the brand of, of helping the person understand what's the actual value of it. And then on top of that is if I create 20 yeah. of those and I'm a master bench maker and I have made an audience understand that ben these benches are super cool, then the value of those 20 benches based on the, the supply and the demand go way up right and that that value is now my brand yeah. equity that i've built and so that's you know that's how you can help uh like the that's how you deal with consumer perception of quality versus actual quality and and sort of how they all interact yeah well because if you especially you know your example applies really a lot to new businesses and stuff. So they they figured out, okay, we end up creating this really high quality product and stuff, but right. nobody knows who we are, you know? So you take to things like video and stuff because you're educating into the process, you know, what it takes to actually do this. And as consumers see these things, they start to understand that this right. is a high quality piece. And then over time, as you continue to do that, you, be, you start to right. build more awareness, you know, amongst the public right. or the actual brand and stuff, especially as you put out maybe other pieces or whatnot. And then it starts to be like back in the day, if you go back to the Louis Vuitton example, at one point, yeah. Louis Vuitton he was, was just Louis, known, you know, <laughs> but they kept, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So they kept educating, you know, on this is what goes into our handbags. Now over time right. it reverses itself, you know? So Nobody pays attention to what goes on the, into the handbags because they've got a reputation that everything, you know, that they put every, you know, right. all the effort into the handbags. Nobody needs to watch the video necessarily because they're, you know, fast forward a couple of right. you know, multiple decades and such. But like I say, it reversed itself. Now, when you say Louis Vuitton, you know, handcrafted, you know, high quality, you know, that this is, you know, luxury and exclusive, and, right. you know, things like that. But it took time to get right. from one side to where you're educating based on the product to the other side. Now it's right. assumed the product is great. Yeah. And so like Louis Vuitton, hmm. like a lot of luxury brands will have like sub brands underneath them that aren't as good. Right. But it's like yeah. the I don't know any of these other brands, but we'll just say like the bagel by Louis Vuitton. Right. And it's like, oh, it's a Louis yeah. Vuitton, but it might yeah. not be the same, you know, level or. Mm -hmm. um, Oh, what comes to my mind is Pyrex. I don't know if you know this, but there's Pyrex with a, a capital P and Pyrex with yeah. a little p. And the little p actually mm -hmm. isn't as good as capital P Pyrex, but because it's the same word, people will buy it <laughs> assuming it's as good as 
Pyrex with a capital P. And I just learned about this recently. And so, you know, mm. there's some like brand drafting, if you will. It's like, oh, cool. Like it's mm. <clears throat> Yeah, it's kind of it kind of goes along with right. the, the coattails. Yeah, because it's, you know, piggybacking off of that, even though it's a lesser quality one, people don't necessarily realize that, you know, because it's still, you know, if your brand equity is strong enough, you can right. put it on a lesser product. Yeah. And support it and say, hey, this is right. you know, by Louis Vuitton yeah. or whoever else. Yeah. So you see a yeah. lot of that kind of stuff go on and people just, you know, they're yeah. you see it in movies all the time. Uh, you know, you'll see a movie that's executive produced by Steven Spielberg. But literally, they just paid him you yeah. know, money. Maybe he liked the film, but he but didn't have probably yeah. anything to do with it, like mm -hmm. other than executive produced by Steven Spielberg, like his company produced it, maybe. But what was he doing? He was out making his own thing or doing something else or, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, again, that's brand. That's when you have a brand like the brand itself has yeah. power and has like a, a level of equity. Uh, you know, when we, when we think of equity, you can think of leverage, mm -hmm. like the more equity or leverage your yeah. brand has, the more it can lift. And so if you have a really sucky product, but really great brand equity, you know, like, uh, in some of the iPods, right? Like, like iPods were amazing when they came out and then the next iPod was pretty good. And then the next iPod was yeah. like, okay, like you took away all the best parts of the iPod and it's literally just a stick with a circle on it. It's okay. I don't love it. But it's Apple. And so Apple has such brand yeah. leverage, like brand equity, that they're able to lift up the iPod mini, mm -hmm. which is now yeah. just a stick player with like MP3 player. Um, you know, they weren't uh, redefining anything. They weren't like like introducing something yeah. new, which is kind of their bread and butter is trying to do these new things. But sometimes they just sell the old thing. Like, here's the old thing with less. And like, you know, you're like, okay, it's it's Apple. Yeah. Um, which again has amazing brand equity. Well, yeah. Well, that yeah, that, that's Apple's a good example because um, you've got you know take right. their desktop computers and stuff. You know, for a long time, you know, like they were doing great up until around 2010 or something like that. You know, and then they kept bringing them out, but the the upgrades were incremental. And if you compared them to other, this is where like Microsoft yeah. was able to get in. You know, where they started coming out with, you know, their Surface product and stuff like that. And they started making inroads because Apple had been right. living off of the brand equity for a long time. But the products themselves right. weren't really keeping pace with the market. They weren't putting in the, yep. the R&D essentially to develop them further because they're like, well, this is, you know, yes, we still sell desktops, but this is not as big an area. We're right. killing it on iPads and, you know, on our laptop series and our Air, you know you know errors and you know macbooks and stuff so why do we want to really invest in here right. we don't want to give up the product line because people are still buying it so that product line lives off of the brand equity yeah and that's why it still sells yeah it's not that well, and got then, any you know they i think have kind of transitioned that into all-in-ones right like they're really into the all-in-ones the imacs um you know you can buy i, I don't remember what it's called mm -hmm. like the little mini mac mac mini or whatever which is essentially like just a little computer um yeah but it's like if i'm gonna buy a desktop why would I buy a Mac desktop? Like I, yeah. I used to work on a, a Mac. Oh, what was that called? Mac, not, is it Mac Pro? Not MacBook Pro, but Mac Pro, like the huge, like I both had the trash can at one point. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. The circular one. And also like the massive, like metal, like 40 pound beast. Mm -hmm. um, 
And you yep. know, at that point, they were they were at the edge. They were the the workhorse of video production. Yeah. Eventually, though, like I said, you know, right. they don't keep making the products. You know, they don't yes. keep improving them, and that's what a lot of you know. There's a number of yeah. brands that end up doing that because it's like. Yeah, you know, and it's usually because right. there's multiple product lines and stuff. It's not that, you know, when I say it's not, it's not that they don't want to necessarily improve it. They've got, you know, they'll make some incremental gains potentially, but if they've got a number of product lines, they're going to put the effort right. into the ones that are really I mean, paying off. They're keeping the others it's alive business, because though, right? they can. Like wherever you're making yeah. the most profit, a lot of times within your business is where you'll end up focusing. And so they have a huge yeah. demand for laptops. Like people want Mac laptops. Everybody thinks when you think of a good laptop, most of the time you're thinking of a Mac laptop or maybe Lenovo, mm -hmm. but like it's, it's so far yeah. ahead of the curve in laptops. Like everywhere you go, every coffee shop, there's like a dozen Macs out there. Like, and, and then by creating the Mac air and yeah. being able to reduce the price a lot, but continue to have good quality, like they have taken even another share of, of laptops. Right. Um, and, and so I think that goes back to like yeah. business strategy. It's like, what are your ultimate goals? If your goals and like with Apple, their goal is innovation, but also shareholder profits. And so they're like, well, we're making like double over here. Let's uh, double down on this side. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk. So do you know, if you have that strong brand equity, but you have a crappy product, do you think it still justifies, you know, we know right. that they still will go for it. You know, like I say you could have, you know, but does it, you know, is there a point where there's some fall off because, you know, can it really justify that higher price point? Or are we kind of deceiving people because, hey, you really love Apple. This product's not so great, but you really love Apple. So I'm just going to, you know, I know it's not worth this. Yeah, mask, I, I think that brands do do that. I don't think that that's right. Like if it's a crappy product, I think ultimately the market <laughs> speaks, right? So, you know, when you, uh, there, there was a while yeah. back, I think Apple had released like a, either a phone or like an iPod or something. And it just, it didn't hit the mark. Like, and people were like, this is lame. And so then they yeah. ended up like immediately coming out with a new version that added in the features that were obviously missing and trying to update it so that, you know, the, the next, like when you update your iPod, it'll suddenly have those features that you were expecting it to have to start with. And I think that that as long as your ethical business, you're going to want to like keep keep a tab on your on your customer base. Right. Like the a, a business should not be yeah. looking at their customer base as a resource which I can tap into. But instead, it should be in a symbiotic relationship where I'm providing value to them and they're providing value to me. Um, and I think, you know, obviously when you get too consumeristic or too capitalistic, like you can start to view like your customers, like just those places where you get money, you're like looking at them like little banks that you're withdrawing from mm. like here, take this. I, I'm trying to lower the cost <laughs> of your product yeah. so much. It yeah. also lowers the quality and I get more money from you. And I just, that's, you know, obviously yeah. bad business practices. Yeah, I can actually, you know, I was thinking, you know, since we've been talking Apple for a second, if you go back, you know, so, you know, of course, Apple's, you know, they've been, you know, more than one movie 
based right. on their earlier history. And if you think about it, when Jobs came out with the, I think it was the Lisa computer and stuff, and also the yeah. original Macintosh, you know, they were kind of right trying to ride off the brand equity because they had built up, you know, right. through the Apple II, you know, hey, we are really good. We're great at computers. And then they come out with this Lisa that's, it was an okay computer actually, but the price point did not justify. And so it's kind of like, it's an example of where right. the brand equity um, couldn't really keep up with the, you know, like yeah. the product didn't really meet it. They were asking too yeah. much and the market spoke and said, we're not paying yeah. that. I don't care who you and are. And sometimes, you know, your, your innovation can be at a point where like, it's just not market viable yet. You know, like Steve Jobs was talking about the yeah. iPad, like, but when they were doing the Apple II or like the, the early like Mac, Macintosh computers, yeah. he's like, I want a screen that you can touch, that you can hold in your hand. And people were working and developing that all the way back then, but it just wasn't possible. And the cost of it would have been astronomical. And so it took decades and technological mm -hmm. advancements to make it a viable product. Yeah. You know, he was always a visionary and stuff on the yeah. things that, you know, could be, but yeah, if they were working on it back in the eighties, it was a couple, you know, decades. We didn't even have laptops. You know, early. Eventually I want to hold this there, in my hand. Course. I want to tap it with my finger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the equivalent of like a laptop was the fact that you could put a, you know, the, the desktop in a case and then carry 60 pounds or yeah. whatever it was around with. Yeah. You. It was huge. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So they end up, you know, doing those kinds of things, you know, but yeah, it's, can the, you know, the equity often, like I said, the, the product itself and the quality or price point or anything, it's, you know, the equity is not going to be able to get you there, you know, no matter how much of a loyal following you build and stuff, there's a point right. where the market speaks to you and says, no, we're not going to do it. You know, so how can you use um, video to add to your brand equity really like, you know, if, especially for startup businesses and things like that, you know, because it's a, it's a something you build over time. You don't really come out the gate with, but you've got yeah, to totally. continuously. Um, actually, I have a cool slide for that. Um, sure. Let's see. So uh, this go. is something that I am teaching in some webinars and to my clients. Um, so I have a video production background. I've directed feature films and a lot of films for different uh, levels of businesses, as well as like a ridiculous amount of YouTube videos. And what I have learned over the years is kind of what is the most important when you're creating videos, um, really marketing period, but uh, videos specifically because I'm a video professional. Um, so the, the plus on here mm -hmm. is like the most important. So we, we have like the most important and then we go to the least important and both on the horizontal. So script, audio, footage, editing, and then on the vertical. Um, so when you are thinking about incorporating video into your brand and how can I use video to stand out? Um, the most important thing you want to think about is what you're saying, like, who are you speaking to? How are you talking to them? Like, can you actually like meet their needs with your messaging, with your product? Um, so at the most basic level, your videos need to have a hook, like something that makes them go like, I actually care about this. It needs to have a yeah. call to action, something that they know they should do after watching this video, whether that's follow me to get more information like this or sign up to my email list so that I can solve this problem for you. And it always has to come back to what do they care about? 
Like, why should they do it? What's in it for them? Because that's all that really matters on the consumer side is they're thinking, why does it matter to me? Um, and then if you want to increase your ability to uh, to speak to your audience, then you, you need the right message for the right platform. So like on TikTok, obviously, you're not going to give a TED talk. <laughs> um, you know, in Twitter, <laughs> yeah, you're, right. you're not giving like a blog. So like thinking about what kind of content you're making and making sure it's it's applicable to the right place that you're putting at the platform. Um, so, you know, you have really hot right now, obviously, is Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. So you have YouTube shorts and you have YouTube long form. You have uh, Instagram shorts or reels, and then you have Instagram longer form videos. And then TikTok, I think, is only short videos. Um, I'm not a TikTok expert. Um, yeah. But when you're creating uh, something for like a reel, like you have to hit all of your points within that 60 seconds. And like you're not you might have something else that you want them to do. So you might have like a 60 second thing that really touches on some of their pain points. Hey, you don't know how to get leads. You know, you need leads. So here are three ways you can start getting leads right now. And then at the end of that video, after you've given them a bunch of value, you can go, well, if you want to know more about this, I have an ebook or some kind of offer that can help them continue this process of, of meeting the problem, solving the problem that they have. Um, and then the highest end is really good research and impactful messaging. And that comes down to knowing like who your customer is, who's your dream customer that you're trying to work with and how to speak with them directly. Um, really, yeah. really important, like figuring out their pains and not just based on what you think, but like go out there, go into Reddit's, go into forums, go into Facebook groups, go onto Instagram, research YouTube videos, like all of those things help you come away with a, a good sense of who your customer and client is. And then also you want to know how do they talk about their problems? Um, you know, cause when you can speak in their voice and their language, they know that you care and you know about them. Um, so that's all in the script phase, like the script side of, of, uh, creation of creative, uh, ad creative, we might call it or content. Um, when you're creating your yeah. scripts, even when, when you're doing any sort of, uh, uh, copywriting for websites or ads. Like these are the things that will mm -hmm. take you from basic to, you know, what I call high end or actually really good and effective marketing. Um, and then when you're dealing with video, obviously the next step is audio. Um, I'm not going to go through all of these cause there's a bunch, but, uh, you guys can download this or screenshot it or whatever. Um, so, you know, yeah. obviously with audio, like the most basic, they can hear you that you, you better do that because if somebody can't hear you in your video, then it's a waste of your time and it's a waste of their time. Obviously, a lot of people, actually 76% of people don't have the audio on when they're doing video. So always caption and always, if you want them to hear your voice, because that's going to be the most compelling, have the little like, turn your sound on icon, because <laughs> that's going to get you better results. Um, and then yeah. you have your footage. You want to be you know, clear, visible. Um, but the, the difference between a video that somebody's shooting on their iPhone and has no video knowledge and uh, a video that you put in the hands of a professional, it can still be an iPhone, but the like the results that you get from it are going to be very different. Um, and that comes down to skill. Most businesses don't need to learn that skill personally. That's why you hire out people to do things like that. Um, and you can hire yeah. for all of these positions. But specifically, like audio video is like people spend their whole careers working in and learning these specific trades. 
And so I always recommend that my clients, whenever possible, get professionals to do it. Because if, for instance, I'm working with them on the the scripting side and I help them have a good strategy, but then they try to film it themselves and it looks terrible, it sounds bad and their delivery is no good, then even though I've given them a great strategy, like that doesn't mean that the strategy is going to work because there needs to be a level of um, quality there to, to help people understand your brand is worth buying from. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think finally, if you're wanting to help your brand increase in brand equity, then you want to provide an immense amount of value for your customers. You want the quality of the video content you're creating to be really, really good. Like, you know, I say high end on here. Like if you think of like, um, and again, it comes down to what is the perception of the brand that you're building. So if your brand is like, um, you know, a, a grassroots, you want a grassroots feeling like you can record it on your phone and you can just make sure you have good audio, like get a little audio thing. Um, if you want it to feel like a Louis Vuitton brand, don't record it on your phone. Like, obviously not. Like you're not telling the world that your brand is, is premium by recording it on your phone, especially if you have no video production skills. So these are just things to think about and where to put the money as soon as you have it within your marketing, like always focus on the script, the messaging, the research first. But as soon as you have money to get past that, definitely good audio, really good video and good editing all push your brand like equity um, and the perception of your brand up. And, uh, and I think, you know, that's what everybody wants. We want, we want both to take our, our work on the earth and we want to have people value it and also bring people the value. Right. And so um, if you're uh, I, I I wrote down, um, if I sell you a gold bar, but I put it in a dirty bag, right? You're going to, most people will not buy that because they're not going to take the time to look in the dirty bag, right? So I can have a wonderful service. Yeah. I can have a wonderful product, but if the marketing and the messaging and the the presentation and the packaging all suck, people are going to think that that product service sucks. And that, that is marketing, right? And marketing yeah. is helping people understand like you have something wonderful that will solve a problem they care about and they can trust the results. And so in the same way, if I put something terrible inside of a box, but the box is gold, the presentation is amazing, someone's in a suit is giving it to you and he's telling you that, you know, this wonderful thing that's going to change your life, you know, and it only costs you $5, you're going to whip out $5, you're going to buy it and you're going to go inside and you're gonna be like, it's garbage. There's garbage in this bag, actual garbage. Like why? And it's, and that is, (laughs) you know, that's sort of the smoke and mirrors of marketing, but the goal, right. Of good, or maybe what I would call ethical marketing is have a great product, wrap it up in great wrapping paper, put it in presentation. That's really great by somebody who can present it really well. And at the end, you should have good brand equity and something worth buying that people will actually help people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on that note, this has been great, Paul, you know, like you, I think people can really get an understanding of what you're trying to do with, you know, when you're building brand equity, video can play a huge role in it. Quality really matters, you know, because it is a perception thing, you know, and especially if you're a a new brand trying to get started, if you kind of go on the cheap with it, you know, you're, well, 
you know, then you're going to get that same, you know, that perception right. is what you're going to be developing. If you want to be higher end, you're going to have to spend some money and stuff. You're going to yeah. want to do it correctly and such. How would people, you know, if they want to help, you know, yeah. high quality video and stuff, Paul, how would uh, they yeah. uh, get Yeah, so if you are interested in more of the strategy um, and even implementation support for like editing and deployment, uh, you can go to myvideosnap.com. Um, we also have a webinar that we're producing. It should be out in probably like next week. Uh, that's all about automating uh, email marketing systems and understanding a lot of these concepts I'm talking about. And then if you are in the North Carolina area and you want a full production like video service, uh, heatvisionmedia.com is our website. And we do uh, kind of full service video production. Um, and I have a background in visual effects. So it's really fun when I get to you know, make something explode or a random giant robot for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Video can be fun. Yeah. Okay. Well, this has been great. My name is Cash Miller. I'm the host of Marketing Masters, CEO of Titan Digital. And we've been talking about brand equity, how you build it, the difference between, you know, equity and awareness, um, you know, for brands and such. And I say, if you are trying to build up the equity in your brand, video is a great way to go about it. Thank you for joining us. We'll see Thanks. you on the next episode. Thank you for tuning in to Marketing Masters, the agency power show. This show is produced by Titan Media Works and is a part of the Small Business Delivered Podcast Network. Check out smallbusinessdelivered.com for more info about upcoming shows, hosts, programs, and how you can start your very own podcast.